It's time to think differently about healthcare, but how do we keep up? The days of yesterday's medicine are long gone, and we're left trying to figure out where to go from here. With all the talk about politics and technology, it can be easy to forget that healthcare is still all about humans. And many of those humans have unbelievable stories to tell. Here, we leave the policy debates to the other guys and focus instead on the people and ideas that are changing the way we address our health. It's time to navigate the new landscape of healthcare together and hear some amazing stories along the way. Ready for a breath of fresh air? It's time for your Paradigm Shift. Welcome to the Paradigm Shift of Healthcare and thank you for listening. Search engine optimization has continued to evolve over the, over the years and search engines are frequently updated to be more intuitive to people's needs. This means that your SEO strategy has to keep evolving. What you were doing for your practice 10 years ago is not going to work today. Even if your practice is showing up well in search results now, failing to keep up with the latest best practices could result in your practice falling behind with the next update. So today, Scott and I are joined by a very special guest. This is Ashley Hohenzi. She is the marketing coordinator for P3. We've worked together for pretty much the same amount of time that I've been with the company, uh, nearly that same amount of time. And Ashley, I know you've done a ton of writing for us. My first question is, how many articles, if you had to guess, do you think that you've written for the company? <laughs> and that would be blog posts, that would be content you've written for customers. What's your wild guess on that? <laughs> hundreds, I'm sure. It has to be hundreds know? at least. Yeah. I mean, put it this way, like I, if I were to come across some of my older content, sometimes I don't remember that I wrote it. <laughs> It's been Absolutely. that much. Uh, and if we were taking like yeah. Scott's estimate, that means somewhere in the million range, like yeah, exactly. millions million. of articles yeah. that, right. that I've just pumped it up just by a little bit. Sales so, let, so I thought, guys, that it would be fun for me just to kind of ask a lot of the questions that I get from my current and prospective customers when it comes to search engine optimization. And we answer a lot of very similar questions in this vein. So I think it'll be helpful for everybody. I'll get it started with what does content marketing mean for a medical practice and why is it so important for search engine optimization? So it's important to kind of define what content marketing means for a medical practice because content marketing means different things for different industries. What works for one type of business doesn't necessarily work for another. For a medical practice, when we talk about content marketing, what we're meaning is you want to let patients know who you are and what you do. What is your expertise? What conditions do you treat? Basically, how can you help? And why that's important for SEO is, you know, search engines are built now. They're pretty smart, but if you want to show up in search results for a particular procedure or service, you really have to put that out there. You know, you have to, if you don't say that you do a procedure, how is anyone going to know that you do it, basically? Yeah, we've had this happen a lot where I've been with, on the phone with a practice or or visited with a practice in pre-COVID days. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, they say like, well, it's, I talk about doing a, you know, a particular procedure, you know, if there's a bullet point. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And we write much more in-depth, you know, articles about that. Right. I really do think, and there are some people who just like, they write, the content isn't very specific to them. You know, they'll say something yeah. like, uh, I always take an anterior approach to total hip. You know, I use an anterior approach for my total hips. And 
I think that's very good because, and then they basically do essentially a copy and paste from something, you know, which is everywhere, or they include a link that's everywhere. So I kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit about like, yeah, if you want to be found for doing jumping jacks online, that's a, that's my mm-hmm. pat joke, then you have to write about doing jumping jacks. But I do follow up with this conversation, this one key point. Hey, but you've got to have good quality content. So, you know, it has to be, I'd like you guys to talk a little bit about that. It's not enough to just say, I do X, right? right? Mm -hmm. What are we talking about here? What is good quality content when when you're talking about a medical practices, search engine optimization and, and best methods? So when we're saying good quality content, of course, the number one thing is you want it to be unique to your practice. Your point, you know, you don't want to just have a copy and paste of something that you can find anywhere. Like they could go on WebMD and find that. That's not what you're trying to do here. You're not trying to be WebMD for the patient. If I come to you looking for a hip replacement, there's a good chance I already know what that is. So if you're starting off like, well, a hip is a ball and socket joint and you know, <laughs> we do, well, you know, that I already know that. What I want to know is how you're going to help me. You know, if why yeah, do I pick you? That's a really important point, Ashley. And trying to get away with like a simplistic approach of like, this is what a hip is and I'm going to make a small incision, that kind of thing. It's like, if you're really trying to attract a patient to come see you and they go to your website, try to be in, in their shoes, right? So the, mm-hmm. the patient more than likely has already gone to WebMD. The patient already knows what a hip joint is. So just trying to be so simplistic and frankly, focusing too much on the perioperative, the surgery itself, that's probably not, what's not highest yeah. on their mind. I mean, they're, they're yeah. in pain and they want to know, why should I go see you? What is it about you that's so special? And what can I expect afterwards? Right. Yeah. If you think about some of the like recent conversations we've had, Scott, or just in, in the show in general, like we've talked a lot about what is the the customer experience, what is the patient experience like, and all of this. And mm-hmm. so much of like what today is quality content is all mm-hmm. about like how you would take care of that customer, how you would take care of mm-hmm. that patient. You know, like those basic prerequisites that you have to have, like. Yes, you need like a certain amount of words in your content. You need to have stay away from these like what's probably 15 and 20 years outdated now in terms of like keyword (laughs) stuffing and like some of those old kinds of approach that you still see that like people come back in and they like maybe they've not really thought about this space for like a good 10 years or so. And they go, oh, it's cool. All you got to do is add keywords. And it's like, oh, my gosh. But So much of what we've been talking about in terms of like how you take care of your patients, what are the things that that really are going to help you stand out? What are the points of differentiation around the way that you take care of your patient, the way that you complete that particular procedure? That's the stuff that leads to good quality content, good search engine optimized content, because as Ashley was saying, like these systems have gotten smarter. So as long as you're talking about it and you're giving like a clear enough distinction, like just even the the concept of of keyword stuffing, right? Like since keyword stuffing was a thing, I would say a decade ago was when, when I was getting into this industry, like, like really, really focusing on search and engine optimization, this was already starting to fade pretty strongly at that point. Right. So, you know, since that 10 years ago, the things that have come in, you know, in terms of like, 
the different ways that search engines can understand closely related phrases instead of oh. having to say mm-hmm. direct interior hip replacement, you know, 15 times in, yes. in Omaha, yeah. Nebraska. Like, and it's yeah, so funny because hip surgeon. so I did some work for a lawyer and for like a, a group that worked with legal firms all the time. This mm-hmm. is a decade ago. And so you had to always, there was a specific search phrase that I had to go through. And first of all, like make sure it was in a lot of places. And then later on, go mm-hmm. through and make sure it yeah. wasn't in too many places. Yeah. Because it was just that like link spamming of like best drunk driving defense in Portland, Maine. That's where it was. Portland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember having to search for that phrase so many times. A couple of points I want to make for the person who's trying to help the practice, if they're thinking about search engine optimization, remember that Google's actually good at what they do and they want to get better at it. That's how they make a living, mm-hmm. right? In the old days, maybe they needed some help by saying stuff like, you know, best hip surgeon in Omaha 14 times. And then all of a sudden they're like, wow, this isn't working. And by the way, I'm not going to sell as many ads. So having good, deep content about specifically what you do is does make sense. I know from a length of content, I, I want to get to that and come back to that because length of content and how technical, I'm going to put that aside for just a second and kind of come back to, I get this question a lot of, well, how many articles a month are you going to write for me? You know, this, this <laughs> blog versus one really good, deep content. And I kind of wanted to ask about that, guys. I get that asked a lot. So talk to me a little bit about the pros and cons of the blog, so to speak, because that was a big thing. Again, five, ten yeah. years. Yeah, I think that kind of goes back to, like I said, kind of at the beginning, certain types of content marketing work better for certain industries. You know, if you... Consulting a blog doesn't necessarily, it's not really an easy thing if I'm trying to find a doctor that wants, that does hip replacement, you know, do I have to search through your blog to find that out? Or, you know, I want to be able to find that really easily on your website. And that's, blog content also tends to be kind of dated in a sense, you know, it's kind of more like news content, you know, there's a date on it. And it's meant to be just this kind of quick thing where you put out kind of quick information. Right. You consume it on a regular yeah. basis, et cetera. Whereas yeah. a patient is basically saying like, wow, I'm in a lot of pain yeah. and I need to be taken care of. And I always talk about this. There's a lot of different pathways. I think the old school, that'd be me, used to call them funnels. Now it's pathways. But there are a lot of different pathways that you can get to the website. And so it could be that a family member, a friend was seen by Dr. X and they go online and they've got this terrible hip pain. They know they need a total hip replacement. And I don't think they want to read 14 blog articles. They just want to know like, no. what do you do? And, and what can, you know, yeah. what I mean? like that reaffirmation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that can also occur when it's the primary care physician or the rheumatologist saying, mm-hmm. look, I've given you all I got, you know, there's no more corticosteroids for you, sir. Mm-hmm. You need to go see the um, orthopedic surgeon for this particular case. Again, I don't think reading 14 blog posts is very helpful, yeah. right? It's let's yeah. yeah. read that. But Michael, is there any more that you want to add to that in, in terms of that conversation? The pathway that you're talking about, that patient intent or the physician's yes. intent Mm. is drastically different than actually you're more in tune with pop culture than I am. I'm I'm now like the like one going, I don't yeah. know, what are the blogs that kids read these days? <laughs> but like, yeah. you know, what's what's a site that like people are are always turning to, like Rolling yeah. Stone or or like whatever yeah. that uh, you're or just like hopping your BuzzFeed, on. Yeah. Buzz there you go. BuzzFeed. That's the thing Buzzfeed. that people under 40 read. You've got like a site like BuzzFeed. It's it's just entertainment. 
right? Like you don't necessarily know what you're going there for. It's just killing time. Yeah. But hey, if I'm in pain and I'm specifically trying to solve a problem, Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in reading 14 blog posts. I want to solve my problem. Mm -hmm. And so that that very specific intent difference of killing time versus getting my needs Mm -hmm. met. Right. Huge, huge difference. And the and the approaches are very different for those two. You know, and, and also on if you're a practice, I would assume that you would really want to try to get that patient that has that intent. So in other words, right. like, hey man, I got some hip pain and in 20 years I've been told I may need right. to get surgery. Hey, that's cool. Yeah. And and you know, we always provide that kind of basic patient education so that anybody can read it. But if you really do have an intent of getting surgery sooner rather than later that kind of generic content isn't helpful. As a matter of fact, from it's something that's important for people to know, duplicative content. So in other words, the type of content that we put on, we've got a database full of a lot of patient education for our platform, but we actually block robots from reading that. Walk us through that, because I've had to walk a lot of uh, prospective pe- clients and current clients through that as well. Like, What's the issue with duplicative content? Right. So I guess going back to that uniqueness discussion is Go that ahead. if it's there on everybody's website, you're not talking about what makes you unique. And the search engine can also is smart enough to understand, hey, this same content is on, you know, a hundred different sites. So then it becomes a question of, especially if you're in the same market, well, mm-hmm. which one ranks? They're exactly the same, right. you know, and then what may end up happening is just neither of you do. You know, so that's really the biggest thing. It's not, it used to be, you know, if you got caught with duplicate content that you could just be taken out of the search results. And it's not really as bad anymore with that. But yeah, it's not going to really help you rank either usually. Yeah, you've got all these, all these spammy tactics that Mm -hmm. jump in and that start happening. And then Google goes like, okay. We're not, yeah, we're not playing that game much. anymore. <laughs> I think that's a really good thing before we get to this next topic. I, I do want to remind everybody, Google's very good at what it does. They're smart. So any type of like spammy tactic, infusing the page with lots of keywords. I remember when I first got started, and this is late 90s, early 2000s, because I'm old. Do you remember they used to put the white text on the white background, oh, just man. so only Google can see it. <laughs> Look, man, Google doesn't want that. And they're not going to give you credit for it. They may push you down for it. So any type of that, you know, spammy gray tactic, I'm telling you, Google's smarter than you and they spend a lot more money than you do and a lot more time than you do. So if you want, I go back to it. If you want to be found for doing jumping jacks in Omaha, Write about doing jumping jacks in Omaha. Write about what it is that makes you unique. Hey, it's Michael here with your P3 Pro Tip for the week. Is your practice introducing a new procedure or service and trying to figure out how to attract patients online? A common problem that practices run into is that they lead SEO efforts with the name of the procedure or service. However, that strategy doesn't tend to work well with new treatment options. If patients don't know the name of your new offering, they won't think to search for it. So while you may end up ranking number one in Google for the treatment, you aren't likely to bring in new patients for that because they aren't searching for it. Instead, focus your SEO efforts on the problem that the new treatment solves. For example, if your practice is offering a new type of technology for knee replacements, focus on ranking for knee replacements, not for the name of the new technology. Once you've got patients' attention for the thing they know they need, then you can introduce your new treatment option and explain why you recommend it. 
And this is Paradigm Shift of Healthcare. Today, we're talking about what kind of content practices need. We're joined by our content specialist, our marketing coordinator, Ashley Hohenzi, who's helping us walk through like what it looks like today, because it really has shifted since the two of us have joined the company. So a lot of things have moved kind of in that space. And Scott's grilling us with questions <laughs> as we're going here. So uh, you know, let's keep I am having Scott. fun with this because, you know, honestly, I, <clears throat> I do, I am the face of the company, so to speak, you know, a, a, a practice comes, they've got an issue and, and a lot of these questions come out. And this is one that really comes out a lot. It, it's about how long should a content be content piece be, excuse me. And when you're developing for content, we deal with this a lot. You know, the, the surgeon will want to have a very technical article. And they kind of forget that they're not talking to a primary care provider or another surgeon, they're talking to a patient. So length, let's start with just for a particular procedure, how many words do you think is, is an appropriate length? So we normally go for about 800 to 1,000 words. So you want to provide enough depth that you're going to answer the patient's questions thoroughly, but you don't want a novel either because you have to consider the fact that a good bit of people are going to be looking on their phones, et cetera. Do you want them to just be scrolling and scrolling and scrolling forever? So you want to kind of strike that right balance where you're providing enough information and enough depth, but without, you know, really just tipping it too far in the other direction. I kind of want to, you know, make that point very clear about, you mentioned a lot of people are on their phones. Uh, we do a lot of work here where we try to take a look at how many people are, are coming on a, to a particular customer's website. And that number is like 40, 50% and it's going up every year. So don't think that people aren't on a phone. Everybody's on a phone. My mom, who is a, in her 80s, is on her phone and reading websites on her phone. So don't think yeah. like, oh, not in my demographic. It's like, nope, you're wrong <laughs> because we've got so many websites and we have so many people on this platform. We know there are a lot of people on a mobile. And to your other point is like, you know, people just want to know, like, just give me the basics here about what to expect. Mm -hmm. And one thing people forget, they're in pain. That's why they're yeah. on the site. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's um, such a frustrating process. Like when you're trying to look for a doctor, like I've done this yeah. recently having moved and, you know, you'll call the practice, you know, it's a group and they're like, well, you're a new patient. Okay. What doctor do you want? Like, I don't know, because your website didn't right. tell me what, this is what I need. You tell me, you know, kind of thing. Yep. And a uh, lot of um, practices just don't do it well. We talk, uh, Ash, you haven't been on listening to all of these podcasts. I'm sure you do religiously. But that being said, we do always say, I, I repeat this all the time, please, please, please train your front office staff because they're the face of your, the first date, it's people answering the phone. So, okay, we get back to like, hey, the content is written for patients, but right. not your peers, right? And you don't want a lot of technical mm -hmm. terminology because right. again, Man, that inferred knowledge thing, that'll kill you. And I'll never forget, I had an orthopedic surgeon who, this had nothing to do with content. He just wanted a picture of these great cuts that he made for a total knee. It's beautiful. I mean, it was a great job, but it was bloody. And uh, I was like, no patient wants to see that. And he was so mad at me. And, and I knew him really mm -hmm. well. I've known him for a long time. So we were able to have some fun. He goes, what do you mean? These are great cuts. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter. They don't want to see that. So when we talk about writing to the patient, instead of to appear, 
What reading grade level are we talking about here? So we're normally aiming for like a fourth or fifth grade reading level. And that's not to say like you're being patronizing, you know, you think your patients are, you know, at a fourth grade level of knowledge, but it's also just one, if they're on a mobile device, consuming content on the internet to make it just easier to read because people are going to scan and go to go to the part that's relevant to them or what they think is relevant to them. So you want to make it easy just to be able to read quickly. And um, if you're using a lot of complex language and things like that, you know, you don't you don't want your patient to have to leave and go Google, what does this even mean? Because you haven't defined it because you're not talking, you're not talking to your peers. And also if you don't kind of at least define that terminology if you're going to include it or you know if you just include it with no explanation you might rank for that technical term you're not going to no one's rank for, for the yeah yeah right no one's yeah. looking for it. i do right. great chamfer cuts on my total knees nobody knows what a chamfer cut is unless they're no. in the medical device business or they're working in an or for an orthopod or an orthopod so right i do think you're absolutely right like no one's going to look for that you're going to confuse people and again i go back to like like you said i'm in pain on a phone and i just want to get some good basic information so that Mm-hmm. I can make the decision about whether I'm going to pick up the phone and call you guys or make an appointment request. Yeah. So let me, let me throw yeah. in one other kind of curveball in this is that like we're defining a particular procedure, right? Like here's the, the hip replacement, you know, here's the, the whatever procedure. Mm-hmm. But what if I've got questions beyond that? And, and I think that like thinking through that kind of network of information mm-hmm. that people might want, you know, like right. we're talking about like, I don't want blog posts. I don't want all the exercise tips necessarily because I'm looking right. for mm-hmm. this particular thing. Right. But, you know, like what you were talking about, Scott, with like before and after the surgery, when can right. I do this again? When can I do that again? And you may not get to all of that information in that first post that you write just talking about like what you do with the procedure, but Mm -hmm. you know, you want to be able to kind of guide the patient through all of that sort of information. So again, like this process of thinking through the customer's perspective, thinking through the patient's perspective, so much of the content that you write for that will cause positive ranking, will cause things like that to Mm -hmm. to start working together. Yeah. That goes through this win-win process that I always talk to everyone about, about not only are you accomplishing the goal of being found, you know, online, the essence of search engine optimization, but you're setting good expectations for your patients and your right. patients feel more comfortable. And by the way, a lot of your patients are trying to relay what is going to happen to their loved ones mm-hmm. and they're freaked out. Like, you know, something I, I, yeah. I always try to gently remind surgeons about if you're a total knee surgeon doing a lot of total knees, it's pretty commonplace. You know, you have a cup of coffee even before you go in, like, you know, and you do your work and Mm -hmm. Hey man, and that's the way it's supposed to be. Like whenever I talk to any of my friends about, well, who should I go see? I always say like, just go to the person who does a lot of these, who has, you know, good reviews online. It's, you know, that type of thing. Cause it's like, it should be commonplace for them. They practice it a lot, et cetera, et cetera. But the patient's freaking out. And they're trying to get down whatever details they can to go tell anybody Mm -hmm. uh, themselves as well. And I do think, Michael, along those lines, like here's this information from a what to expect from a big picture for a particular procedure. Mm-hmm. But I say this to all the surgeons. I said, you know, you have had you or your staff have had a conversation with all these patients a million times over. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're about to do a total knee. Oh, you're about to have a total mm-hmm. hip done here. You know, and they give you stuff. 
Yeah. Like, this is what's going to happen. This is where it's going to be and all that. And I'm like, you know, a frequently asked questions page after we write this basic content is a great place, right, Michael, to, to go to? Yeah. You know, it's a funny story because I think that, first of all, like, as we're kind of talking through here, like, we're not going to get to everything that we had even set out to, to cover today. Because I think there's just so much that like where we have yeah, right. so much more to say about these kinds of things and where we have so much to say, because this is the conversations, again, we have with practices all the time. These are the things that that people need to understand about it. But, you know, talking about like an FAQ page, we had a physician up in Manhattan, does a lot of a lot of hip replacements, all of that kind of stuff. For a while, one of the most popular pages on the site were what Mm -hmm. happens after my surgery. Yeah. And and people from all over the country were looking at that page knowing that they're not all going to that particular physician. Like we weren't right. coming in there saying, yeah. like, look, see, we, we made you win because you got your, what happens yeah. after my surgery page. But so many people weren't doing a good job of that. And so it was like, if mm-hmm. I can just understand how somebody somewhere handles this process after yeah. I'm done with my procedure, I'll feel somewhat better about all of this. Yeah, and, and those guys who are really good and do a lot of surgeries, they are answering those questions a lot. And what I always advise them to do is just, get it down on a piece of paper, man. You know what I mean? Or record your record your t- conversation, you know, with a patient or I don't know, buy some donuts or, or lunch, you know, for the team and say, guys, mm-hmm. we hand out, we say the same stuff over and over for these five procedures. Why don't we get it down on paper and get it up on the website? You know, all of our websites are built with a content management system. It's pretty easy to add that. Obviously, you can come and talk mm-hmm. to us about it, too. We'll be happy to do it. But it is a great next step because, Michael, you have a very valid point. Like after you write that, it's like, all right, what's next? You know, what do we do? Mm-hmm. Like, I think we actually have to have a separate show about like, OK, we've written good content. Right. Yeah. And I do want these takeaways, guys. So tell me if I'm missing anything. Hey, write about the particular procedure you want to be found for. Have good information about what to expect and what you do that makes you a little different. Ashley, I know that you've interviewed quite a few people over the years about this, right? We're not going to write it so that it's written for another surgeon. We're going to write it for a patient. We're going to try to write Mm -hmm. it so that it's easy to understand, easy to scan. So that's that fourth grade reading level. Mm -hmm. I think these are critical things for everyone to understand, whether you use us, whether you use anybody, it's like, It's not about soothing your ego to write a really complex article, excuse me, that's going to end up appearing, you know, in the Journal of Bone and Joint Surgery. It really is about trying to help your patient and help them understand. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's wrap here. I think we've got so much more we can say, and we'll we'll save that for another conversation. We're going to have an SEO part two, everybody. I'm sorry. You've got to come back and hang out with us. Ashley, I'm sorry. We already invite you back on. Awesome. So excellent. So thanks everybody for listening. Obviously, check us out. We're at p3practicemarketing.com. You will find us with a podcast show link there. And uh, thanks always for listening. Have a great week. Thanks again for tuning in to the Paradigm Shift of Healthcare. This program is brought to you by Health Connective, custom marketing solutions for medtech and pharma. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. 